We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. This is going to be a really weird episode. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I just uh, I just watched Steph Curry um, do an interview with Scott Van Pelt. And you would think for a team that just stole the win, they... Bro, he looks like he's hungover after a week-long bender. That's what he looks like right now. I mean, that... Um, he's miserable. That game was... I mean, I guess we should... We can start with that, but maybe we shouldn't. But, I mean... Just do whatever you want, man. That we'll, was... We'll, that was pure heart at the end. I don't know. I don't even know how else to describe it. It's just kind of like, I hope no one ever questions Steph and Clay's toughness ever again. Like they, Steph will make dumb turnovers until he's, you know, until he retires. Um, Clay will do some really dumb things here and there, but like they are some mentally, they're some tough players and they, they do not get shook ever. They like if they lose, they lose. But it's I mean those guys compete hard. You talk about mental toughness. There's literally the epitome of mental toughness for for a team that a lot of people say if you could just roll the ball out on the court and they'll win a title. They got so much more than that. So much more. Clay Thompson realize that Clay Thompson's playing on a really bad hamstring, right? And Andre Iguodala's bad calf. I Steph actually his finger. It's crazy. Is it is it weird? But I feel like Clay shoots better with the bad leg because <laughs> like 
he has even less moving parts in his jumper. And it's just like, I mean, he has the smoothest jumper in, in the NBA. Like, maybe the smoothest I've ever seen. So it's like, with just one less moving part, it's just like, it looks like a free throw from the three-point line. I just, man, I'm just, I'm watching the highlights again, and I'm watching. Do you remember the text you sent me? They're down six, and for some reason the Raptors called timeout. And it's just, I think I remember texting you like, dude, I don't want to pot after this loss. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this, man. <laughs> I've got time for this. And, you know, I was, I guess, so we'll get to the game later. But um, oh, we're just swerving back and forth. I mean, <laughs> I feel like every Warrior fan is probably swerving back and forth in their emotions on Monday <laughs> night. So it's only fair. But the, the most important story is obviously KD's health right now. And um, from the game perspective, to be able to rally and come away with a win after that tells you everything you need to know about the remaining players on the roster, be it Steph and Clay and Draymond, down to like Quinn Cook. Like Quinn Cook, I mean, I, I don't think you can ask more from that guy than what he did, right? Damn, we're talking about Quinn Cook now? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is... This is going to be a weird episode because this is just like pure emotion. I don't, I don't even know where to go with this, but like, right. I don't miss. <laughs> let, let's let, okay. Let's let's start on what really matters, which is Katie's health. Yes. Um, I by now I assume everyone's seen Bob Myers' press conference, and the quotes have come out. Uh, the MRI results have not come out, but I have a feeling they'll probably be out when people are listening to this. Um, no one sounds optimistic. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. Do you want to take this? Yeah. Um, okay. So, I think a lot of the narrative or a lot of the discussion will be around, "Hey, what did the Warriors do? How did they think to even clear this guy? Why would you clear Kevin Durant in this type of game if there was even a type of chance where you can pop an Achilles? An Achilles, which is worse than an ACL, right? So we don't have to talk about that. But why does that even like? Why? How does that even happen? So Bob Myers comes out. And the press conference and just starts crying. You and I watch this and he just starts crying and he's saying like, hey, you can blame it on me. And, and he's got that emotion where like you never see that before. Um, like where do we start the discussion? Because for me, it's where where is the blame? Like is it just – is it no one? Is it everyone? Because Kevin Durant probably wanted to play. Everybody else in the organization probably wanted to play. Yeah, I don't the know doctors why. doctors have a – yeah. I don't know why anyone would think KD wouldn't want to play. This is the dude that right. we, like Warrior fans have low-key got mad at over the last couple of years for like wanting the ball and like that sort of stuff too much. Like, don't question this guy's competitive yep. drive. Yep. So I, I mean, the worst the worst thing in the world is questioning medical stuff because I, I feel wholly yeah. unqualified. I mean. I feel wholly unqualified to do that. And like, you're really qual you're calling, you're calling someone who's like a board certified doctor's <laughs> judgment into question. Like everyone feels like what, ha I feel like what we're going to see online is some version of you. You ever seen the movie, um, varsity blues Yeah, or like, um, Friday night lights or anything where it's like yeah. guys are like sitting there and like someone's making a decision to shoot them up to play them. Like, come on, man. You know, like, so I think that gets in people's minds. I, I don't even know. Um, I have a very hard time thinking a decision was unilaterally made against 
you know, Durant's wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, does that mean the wrong medical decision was made? No. It, ultimately, we can, you know, it's possible. Who knows? It's possible someone, it was a risk they shouldn't have took, and someone in the room should have been better to say not to take it. But we don't even know who, that. Who, we don't yeah, even know and that. And that's it's like thing. we can't even do the conspiracy theory thing because, well, I mean, first of all, that's not even worth it. And secondly, it's like if technically he's cleared to play, let's say, for example, he's cleared to play. That's what they said. So let's roll with that. And, you know, maybe Bob Myers and Steve Kerr like, hey, listen, like we know you're cleared to play, but we still don't want you to play. There's a risk there. Like you're going to look at KD and tell him not to play in game five of the NBA finals down 3-1. The team absolutely needs him out there. They lose this game without him. And, and you you're really, gonna go, you do all that you're gonna go look at him stuff. and tell him no. You do all like, that, that doesn't maintenance make any stuff. Sense. You do all that maintenance stuff for these moments. Like, literally, this is the moment you do it for. And he won't, I don't know. It just sucks. Um, everyone rushes to blame someone. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe we'll learn something in the next two weeks that makes more sense of it. But, like. We'll never know unless the players tell us, though. Like, I don't think anybody's ever going to leak that. At least not anything sourced, right? Nobody's ever going to leak and say that. We'll never know uh, unless it's being told kind of secondhand or something like that is is my thought. Like, nobody's ever going to say that. I think what's very important here is that uh, he he posted on Instagram after and said, hey, like, he had a pretty good quote about, hey, like, he's glad his team won and stuff like that. Like, that was good to see. I think Steph Curry – running into the locker room after him to kind of like pat him on the back, pat him on the head was, was a good, like that was a great thing to see too. And and you can see that the players were shook, man. Like you said, they weren't shook about plays on the court. Yeah. But they were shook about KD. Like, yeah. do you think about it? Like he, he's, he's a free agent. He's 30, maybe 31. He just popped his Achilles. He's out for a year plus like that. that well, we, like, we don't what, know. That's what it is. Although, but like, it, it but let's say, like but that, it, it seems likely, right? He popped that shit. And it's like, that's what they're thinking. Like that's going through the head of all the players right now. Like that's tough. And I just, like, I can't imagine I'm watching this right now. Andre Godala is right underneath him and he's holding him and he's walking in. It's like, man, you can see why Bob Myers is crying. (laughs) I didn't expect. We're talking about the best player in the NBA and it's, man, I'm struggling to put my words together because you, you want to find something to blame is really what it comes down to. And some people will find an easy out one way or another, but it's like, I just don't know what you do. It's the finals. Someone wants yeah. to play. I mean, the, the the guy wanted to play in the final. I mean, of course he wants to play. Like every player wants yeah. to play in this moment. This is not like, why are we even discussing that as like, does he want to play? Of course he wants to play. Now, now it's down to like, was the right medical decision made? And I don't know. How the fuck do you know? Yeah, I don't. How the fuck like, do you know? I don't know. Yeah. I got like a barely a passing grade in any <laughs> science class I took in my life. I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor. So I don't know. This is where like everyone likes to speculate. And it's, it's fun to speculate on like basketball decisions or but not when you're not, when you're but like so. health decisions yeah. has always been something I've been uncomfortable speculating on. So I don't know. Um, I just, I just feel awful. Like yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's what it comes down to. Like it, whether KD was going to leave in the summer or he's still going to leave or whatever. Like that's still one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. Ever. And it's like I never, I, I, I never want to see that sort of thing. His uh, career kind of at risk 
right now where it's like, listen, somebody said like, hey, Katie's not dying, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, we get that. We know that. That's obvious. But it's the relative kind of impact of this, like in the vacuum of And basketball. he also just got his, right? his livelihood pulled from him. You know, yeah. if, it is yeah. what, if it is what we think it is, that's a long, long journey back, you know? Yeah. And he'll do it. And he'll be an all-star when he comes back from it because he's that talented. But it's like, I mean, I don't wish that on anyone. I don't, wish that on, I don't wish that on my least favorite players, and he's nowhere near my least favorite players. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This is horrible. Like, it's one of those things where I, I have – can you even think of a worse kind of situation than this? Like, it just in terms of like you just feel bad for the guy. It, it's just – it's the NBA Finals. He was just named. He was just kind of everybody's calling him the best player in the world. He's getting his due. Then he just he pops the calf. He works all the way back, dude. He hadn't played in five weeks. He comes and by out, the way, can amazing. we just, can we just say this? He, he was awesome in the first quarter. He was, yeah. What, that that um. So he had a couple catch and shoot threes. Um and pull up. The, the dude will be able to. You know, I mean, he's he's one of the best shooters of all time. That like he'll be able to shoot in. In any gym, in any pickup gym, until he's like eighty, right? But then, then the pull up and like he's starting to get into the game, and it's just like the minute he started getting into it, I was I was about to text you, oh, it, oh, they're winning in seven, it's over. <laughs> like I, that's how I was feeling, and then he goes um, to make that move on a Banca, uh, standard crossover move he makes, I don't know, a hundred times a game, right? Yep. And. Uh, Man, I don't know. It's, I just, I, I've, I don't know how to properly explain the emotions I'm feeling right now as a fan. Uh, let's. Uh, I'm gonna pivot this a little bit. Um, as a fan, like you are, um, it was. Uh, this is why I hate Sam when people think other fans are better than other fans, because watching Toronto fans cheer the injury. I wasn't mad at Toronto fans because I think that every single stadium would have done that right. in the history of sports. What I'm mad about is people that say, hey, they deserve this championship or this means so much to them or they need this more than this X than other you know, fans. Like, like from morality behind it? Yeah. Yes, correct. And I know you've, you've always made a big point about this. I'm, I'm always agreeing with you about that. That's what pisses me off. And, and watching them do that was just kind of – like, hey, man, Toronto, Canada, I don't care where you play. Like, everybody's shitty, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, they you, see a guy go down, like, they cheer, and it's like, come on, man. You saw exactly what happened. They saw <laughs> they saw him go down. Well, they saw their team. What I really think happened is those fans saw a turnover and a fast break and got excited, um, the vast majority, and were cheering. And then they realized what happened. And once people realize, like, most people are – generally good like no one wants to see someone get hurt once they realize what happened you know people do the right thing in those moments but in the like the emotional reaction afterwards yeah there's and and there's always going to be some jerks who aren't thinking beyond their little lens of i want my team to win right (laughs) i love that yeah uh and a couple beers probably didn't help um, anyway, we don't have to hang a couple, up a couple or a couple or twenty. You know, I mean, that's that's all. Like, I the, the fan that they showed in the front row who was like waving, like the guy had a beer in his other hand, um, not justifying any of the behavior. Wait, wait, it's like, Rich you, you know exactly. It. We all, I don't know. It's just 
I just the, wanted to the throw fan, that point the out fan there. policing. Like, yes, it was a it was a shitty thing, um, and you know, no one will excuse it. And if someone's like literally sitting there after they know he's hurt, like taunting him, like get that guy out of here. <laughs> but um, there, there's a rush to there's a rush to you know show who's the most moral. There always is. There always is. Um, uh, okay, so where should we go from here? Um, you want to talk about the game now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we gotta go through everything. Yeah, we started with Hart. Bomani Jones had a great tweet where he just said, "I mean, every pretty much every cliche quote that you can throw out there is pretty fucking fitting for the Warriors tonight." Um, every single run that the Raptors had, they battled back. Every single time they came to within four points, two points, three points, they extended the lead again. Steph, Clay, pretty much Steph and Clay, and then the final, the final piece where Kawhi went on like eight zero or ten zero run by himself, and they Kawhi, came back. By the from way, that. Had, a, had a mediocre oh. game, and then just had that explosion there because he's you know, all elite players, even if they have a bad game, will have at least one stretch in the game where they let you know who they are. I uh, just don't. I just don't think. I just don't think any team in the league could have come back like that. Like just repeatedly on the road, em- elimination style, just taking the punches and just keep returning them and just finding a way to like, it's so cliche, but what team can you think could have done that? I, I cannot think of a single one, not a single team that could have found that. Like definitely not that Miami Heat team that lost in five to the Spurs, right? They folded. The Warriors didn't fold. And you can blame fatigue, you can blame injuries, you can blame anything you want. But they could have folded. Would me and you have been angry if they had just lost there at the end by like 10 points? No, not really. No, I, sad. I was texting you yeah. once um, Once KD, once Looney went down, um, the second one, and this is before we kind of got a full grasp of what was going on with KD. I was just kind of like, man, it's it's just not their year. That's what I was saying to you, you know. It's it is what it is, you know. You, you can't have this many injuries and keep going, but the guys who are still healthy kept pushing on. Um, Draymond, did you see that? Draymond actually blocked Lowry's last shot. Like, it, it, people were making fun of Lowry for shooting it off the backboard on that potential game-winning shot, but Draymond got his got his hand on. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> and, of course he did. I mean. I don't know what else you can say. Like it's just a special group of players. Who knows how long they'll play? You can throw Iguodala in there. You can throw Livingston in there. Livingston really on his last legs this series. But um, oh boy, yeah. I mean they're they're going to be remembered in the Bay Area for a long, long time. And I'm more than anything, I'm just glad we get one more at Oracle. Who cares what happens with the series? Get one proper send off in Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I do want to go that don't go that route, but let's wait a little bit because you want to talk about Steph because I I appreciated Steph struggling there in the second half, but he just kept shooting at the end. I don't think he shot enough in the third, but he just kept shooting at the end. And he when he made that uh, three coming off the screen, and then he came back and drove down the court and then passed and then went tic tac toe to Clay for another three uh, for that nine zero run. I I just. I, for someone that gets some bad faith criticism for not being clutch or not being tough, Stephen Clayman, like I, I just 
can you imagine getting the legs to make those three? It's not like the Toronto Raptors had the legs to make threes, right? The, the Warriors still find a way to just dead-eye shoot those shots in. And, I think, and Kerr's, um, I think yeah. Kerr's always referred to them as gunslingers. Um, it's kind of like a you know an old guy um, <laughs> compliment, like, but it is kind of who they are. Like, win or lose, they're not gonna um, go out. Kind of, they're not gonna go out um, timid. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna go out on their terms, and it, it's not gonna be kind of a a quitting thing with either of them. Like, if no, they lose, sure. it'll be because they got beat. When they lost in 2016. They just got beat. You know, they, they ran out. It, it is what it is. But I didn't I didn't sense at any point, anytime I see this team lose, kind of like a quit in them. I guess that's the thing such I a good say. point. That's such a good point. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I And I, I think I tweeted parts of that, too, because, I mean, it's it would have been easy to quit. What was it, three minutes left? They're down six after yeah. that run. Katie like, goes, Katie goes yeah. down, and it's, I mean, considering, oh, yeah, that too. How, considering how long he missed, I mean, they – Typically, when a guy of KD's caliber goes down, considering all the things he'd have to go through to get back, the team just kind of falls apart. You know? Yeah. I mean, it shows a lot of mental conviction to hold together for this game. And I still think Toronto is going to probably end up winning the series because, I mean, the Warriors are down to like three and a half trustworthy players right now <laughs> you know i mean like th- they got contributions from quinn cook tonight boogie uh played a big role tonight and you know i i just don't know how sustainable that all is you know clay and steph were making an absurd amount of shots <sighs> 23s tonight yeah i mean I, I how sustainable is 23s there there's no there's zero logical or analytical reason for the warriors to win the series at this point I don't think there's a way where you can explain that they can win the series. I think the only thing that you could say is some like, <laughs> like you said, it's going to be some Friday Night Lights kind of movie storybook bullshit where the Warriors like win this for Kevin Durant. And it's just like pure like heart, luck, whatever yeah. it is, right? It, it, there's no reason that they should win this series. There's just no, there's no, they won by one, Sam. They made 23s and they won by one point. I think there's I th- no way they should win the series. I think Marcus said it um, when they beat Houston uh, in that game six, uh, when KD went down in game five, he said like, you know, someone's going to get this team, but they're going to have to work for it. And that's kind of where I'm coming down to like Toronto should beat them over the next two games. Maybe they'll beat them at Oracle. I don't know. Um, or maybe it'll have to go all the way to game seven, but they're not going to get a game where, you know, they punch the Warriors in the mouth in the first quarter and then the Warriors just fold. I don't think the way this Warriors team is going to go out is like that. Like if, if Toronto does finish them off and they should, it's they're going to have to earn it. And that's the, that's the biggest compliment you can pay to the Warriors at this point. Like they're undermanned. Um, I don't know that any of the core guys are fully healthy at this point. You know, Steph, Clay. I mean, Clay sat out game three because he was hurt. You know, it it seems like a, a lifetime ago at this point, right? Uh, but if they, you know, it, they're not going to give it to them. They're the Raptors are going to have to take it again, essentially. All right, guys, we've got an announcement to make. So even I'm going to be using this this time, Sam. I haven't shaved in like a week. 
Uh, and I'm not going to shave for a month because of this KD news. Blue Wire is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five blade razor, the lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. So no more cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's is fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 mil that have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. So that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website. My buddy had his own website, failed. (laughs) Uh, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners and Lightyear's podcast listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time and the best rates available. So just visit, visit, man, long night. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in blue. That's uh, ShipStation.com. Enter promo code blue. ShipStation. Make ship happen. And I think that's the uh, <laughs> championship kind of medal. That's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty cliche at this point. But I do think the Warriors are underrated uh, because of that, where people don't think of the Warriors as being tough like that. Uh, because you look at them and you don't, you don't necessarily like you look at Stephen Clay. You don't think of toughness because that's not what they look like. But man, toughness is more than just being big and strong, right? It, it's, it's, dude, you got to get hit and you keep coming there's back. More, there's more to being tough than flexing and scowling. <laughs> there you go. That's what I was looking for, actually. Um, um, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say is like it just reminds me so much of the Duncan Spurs. Like that team got beat a lot. Like they were always good, but I mean they won five titles in his like eighteen years, so they didn't win the title every year. But I don't think anyone who beat them would would ever have called them an easy out. You know, there was at no point did the Spurs in any of that time period with Tim Duncan and Manu and Parker um, fold. You know, like they would get beat Dude. when they got beat, but they weren't. You know, it wasn't one of those like. You know, uh, we don't have it. We're just going to pack it up. One, two, three, Cancun. Yeah. No, I, you remember. I mean, we remember Ray Allen hitting that shot. And then those Spurs came back the next day and beat the crap out of the Heat. <laughs> like, they came back from that loss. That's about as the worst. That's about a worst way you can lose a title. And they came back and they beat the crap out of LeBron and, and Wade and Bosch. That's toughness right there. That's toughness. That's a level of grit where it's like people say the Raptors are gritty because they're like you know quote unquote underdog. The guys, the guys like Lowry and Ibaka and Gasol. But you look, you look at the Warriors and people never say that. 
They never say that. And that's one of the things where it's you're seeing it right now, man. Like the Raptors are more talented than them. Yeah, they are. It's it's one it's of those very things. Simple. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. If KD was healthy, uh, if Looney was there, you know, we'd like the Warriors' chances, but they're not. So when you consider, I mean, the Warriors are playing Quinn Cook. Um, they're playing Boogie on one leg. They're playing Clay on one leg. It, it 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 just is what it is at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Boogie can't. Boogie, hey, he played well today. That was his best game since game two. Right, he just couldn't move. He can't move on defense. What can you do? Like Kyle Lowry's blown by him, and it wasn't like Boogie was playing out for the jump shot. He was just he was just too slow. He could just never actually guard Kyle Lowry. Um, and then you got Looney. Can't play Jordan Bell. Looks like he's just, he's just a complete. Oop, that was probably too far. But he he just he just can't play out there. He doesn't have the IQ, and you kind of can't blame him. You can't play Jarebko. Let's go down the line. Right, Livingston looks like he's literally on one more leg. Quinn Cook is is all right. Livingston looks Jacob Livingston and... looks like Shane Battier in the 2014 Finals, <laughs> where you're just like you you're expecting to see one more of those like you know elite level role player performances, but it's it's just not there. It's not happening, man. I think maybe you see it from Igadala. I think you may get one yeah, more from Igadala. He, he's got a little more left in the tank. There's something the, the there. Tanks, yeah. The tanks. The uh, it's tanks. It's close. It's close to it's close to empty. <laughs> it's like um. It's like uh, it's like when you're uh, it's like when you're you got to put it in neutral and push it a little bit, you know. Yeah. You got to just. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot. Of, there's, a, there's a lot of neutral with him, where he um, you can tell he <laughs> paces himself in in playoff games because he can't go with that uh, that full Iguodala effort for 34 minutes, 35 minutes. His de- hey, let's talk about his defense. Yeah. He had a couple swipe steals on Kawhi in the second half. He'll be able to do that. He'll be able to do that until the day he retires because. Like, <laughs> It, it you know, your legs may go, uh, but your your mind won't go. And like it, it reminds me of Jason Kidd. Do you remember Jason Kidd on the last couple Mavs teams when he was like thirty nine forty, and he was still a functional defender because like he was still smarter than the other guy and had the quickest hands you'd ever seen. So he'd still be able to like make plays just with his hands, even though he couldn't move his feet laterally. Um, anywhere near the level you know he used to when he was in his prime. That's kind of yep. what it all reminds me of. <laughs> um, and that's really all you need because <clears throat> it's not like Kawhi is uh, is blown by people, or it's not like Kawhi is super quick, right? And it's not like he's blown by a Godala if a Godala still it, it can't really move. Like I think they're both maybe playing at the same level in terms of health. And it, with that, Iguodala still has the hands and the IQ to stay in front of him. And, and, and Iguodala's got more strength than, than Clay, And he's smarter than Draymond because Draymond just fouls a lot. Uh, and you need Draymond near the rim. So, By the way, uh, one more thing, or as we, as we talk more about the game, Draymond has six techs. Seven is a suspension. Let's say the Warriors win game six and Draymond gets another tech. <laughs> the Warriors are going into Toronto about three guys. Just, just throw that out. I have just a very, I have a very hard time. No, actually, actually, I take it back. I have, a, I do not have a hard time seeing Draymond get his last <laughs> in game <laughs> six. So he has to sit game seven. Um, you think there's a chance that one gets rescinded? No, I think he deserved that one. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but it's just, it, it, can you imagine though? You know what I mean? Can you imagine? Uh, but doesn't but, it feel yeah. different? I mean, it feels like they're playing with house money. At this point, they've won. I don't want to say they won the championship for Warrior fans, but like if tonight was their last stand 
and they lose in game six, I don't know that any Warrior fan is going to be that upset. Yes. Yes, correct. Correct. I think in 2016, people were upset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They've just gone through too much. And, I mean, it's just very hard to be critical of this team at this juncture. Um, It is. We'll talk about this in future pods. I do want to get into what they need to do moving forward because it's a really interesting discussion. Like we're seeing a lot of holes like, well, can they have anyone who can shoot the ball off the bench and also defend at the same time? Like just anyone, you know, but, um, that may be like a, I don't know, Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but I mean, that, this is all a discussion for another time. Like Toronto's Toronto actually reminds me of the, the 2015 Warriors in that sense where it's like, they just have a lot of guys who can kind of contribute at a playoff level. And the Warriors have kind of gone to the opposite thing. And and that's kind of the nature of how the sport goes, right? It's like guys get older and it's harder to retain guys. And all of a sudden your bench gets thinner and thinner. Yeah. And they've gotten to a point where they're kind of relying on miracles. And they got a bit of a miracle today both ways now. They got Katie to come back, then he gets hurt. And then they get Steph and Clay to combine for however many threes that they did in 20 total. Um so let me let me kind of spin this in terms of uh, uh, the next game. Do you think there's a chance that they do win Game Six? I mean, do you think it's a yeah. real chance? Obviously, there's a chance. Do you think there's a real chance that they can win Game Six? I'll call it a fifty-fifty game. I think. Wow, the, really? I think being at home is a big deal, um, and it's unsustainable to hit twenty threes three games in a row, it might not be unsustainable for Steph and Clay to get hot one more time, though. Yeah. Um, and I think the last game in Oracle is going to bring, you know, Andre hasn't had a offensive game since maybe game one against Portland. I mean, we remember the Houston game, but he had one game against Portland where he hit some shots, too. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if that last game in Oracle got us a um, – uh, you know, a 15-point game from Iguodala, uh, yep, or a 50, or a 20-point game from Draymond, and you know that's really what we're talking about at this point. Because Steph and Clay, whether they're as efficient as they are tonight or a little more volume, it really comes down to that third score. Um, tying it back to Game Five, the key was when when KD went down, Boogie played his best game of the series. So if you really want to. Tied together. I mean, KD had 11 points in 12 minutes. Uh, Boogie had 14 points in 20 minutes. So we're talking about 25 points in 32 minutes, which, I mean, is essentially the third score we need uh, from from this team. Uh, because you know Steph and Claire are going to give you about a combined 60. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Think about if you're Toronto. And you play this game, you play game five, you have a six-point lead with three minutes left, and you lose that game. I'm not going to say that they choked it, but they lost that game. That is emotional. We're talking about emotions. We're talking about what the Warriors are going through. I think the Raptors are going through a lot of emotions, too. It, it, it's, it's, they're probably not thinking, but thinking it, but deep down somewhere in the subconscious, you're probably thinking, like, man, was this our chance to kind of beat the Warriors where – you know, KD got out. We kind of shook him a little bit. Then we took that lead late at home, and we kind of let that slip away. I, I don't think, you know, they got Kawhi, right? This is not DeMar DeRozan. But yeah, I Kawhi's think pretty unshakable. I mean, unshakable, he's, he's, but part of it is real, though. Like, sure. I, I think there is a chance 
where especially if the Warriors come out here and they jump them in in in, in game six and let's say they're up fifteen, right? Like I, I think there's and then all of a sudden now it's game seven again, uh, 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 game seven on the road at uh, you know for the Warriors. So I, I think there's something there where the Warriors have been here. I've been saying this so far; it's not true, but the Warriors have been here before. The Raptors have not. Yeah, and they're, so, it, they're in a role reversal. We like to think of the Warriors as the up and coming team. They've they've already up and and come. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're now they're now on the other end. They're now the um they're now the weird the, the gritty veteran team that everyone thinks is like you know, their time's over. Um but no one likes playing the old guy squad who knows how to play together. And that's what they kind of are, even though it's weird to say because, like, Clay and Draymond are 29. They've been in a lot of these games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's where you kind of saw that, you know, three minutes left in the game and they came back out and they just turned the Jets on and closed it out. Like, that's experience. That's experience and that's stuff. And they've done it before, right? That's not the first time that they've come back. Remember OKC, they came back and did the same thing. Like, they've had so many of these type of games and efforts and, like, they – they think they can win it. They know they can win it. It's just a matter of man. I, I just yeah. If you want to get into pure basketball, it's it's about who's going to be that third and fourth scorer for the Warriors. Um, because we know Clay and Steph will will put in about sixty points and will attract a ton of attention because of their scoring ability. Someone has to make enough shots to to loosen up the defense to give them that third option it's exactly what they didn't get in game four is essentially what it's come down to like in game four no one outside of Stephen clay made a three and it's not just three-point shooting but like you got to get scoring from somewhere maybe we'll maybe they'll get it like maybe maybe regression at some point is gonna get there maybe you get that big you could all add five game five threes in game six in houston i don't think he's made a single shot since you know, made that. That's what you're praying for. You're praying for that. You're praying for Boogie. Yeah, Iguodala, Iguodala was again. one of three tonight. He is now five of twenty from three on the series. That's twenty five percent. I mean, he's a thirty five percent shooter, and so him going like four for seven would. I mean, well, it's not a common occurrence. It wouldn't be insane. Yeah. Uh I mean, I think the most likely scenario is Boogie because he's the most skilled player um, outside of Stephen Clay. So it, now it comes down to how much can they play Boogie without getting killed on defense? Uh, because you know he can at least give you some offense. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about his backup. Let's talk about Kevon Looney. I just saw a tweet that said he should be able to play Game Six. <laughs> that is a tough dude. He better if they let him walk. I'll be very upset. Uh, correct. Uh, so they said he was going to be out for the series. Then they let him play. Then he re-aggravated that injury. That and, they they, and, and they're calling it really a, pain, a pain tolerance thing. Pain tolerance. Yeah. It's, and it, so, can we talk about that? Um, oh my god, man! A few of the falls he took, like uh, the facial expressions he was making. Uh, yeah, I mean, first he's off, getting shot up too. Like he's for sure getting like a cortisone shot before the did. game. So he's numb as it is. He's 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 23 and he's already got that like 35 year old this is my last legs type of like old man strength grit energy going on. I mean he's got 35 year old hips right it's uh 
this guy is truly um we talk about kd getting it out we talk about clay Godala, steph i mean kevon looney is toughing this out and they've need they've needed kevon looney more than i think they would ever have imagined ever um they need him so badly out there because uh, he can just lock up Lowry Van Vliet on those drives. Uh, and, and you know, he's not great against Kawhi. He's not great, but he can try. He can try, and he's not going to get roasted every time like Boogie does. Man, they need him. And, yeah, the fact that he's playing game six is crazy to me, just thinking about it. Because 23 years old? What the hell were you and I doing at 23? <laughs> uh, at age 23, I logged zero NBA Finals minutes. <laughs> oh man i logged a lot of beers um so oh man what what do we even uh what do we even talk about from here what what else do we have i mean it's where you go for let's so i want to talk about this um the warriors made a big point about just winning one so that they could give oracle a proper send-off and you know i don't think anyone planned for game five to go the way it did like i i this one's going to be a hard one to talk about just because of the KD thing and the range of emotions with it, but they are going to get one more game at Oracle. So I guess I want to end this um, with let's, let's talk a little Oracle memories. Um, this is the last, I, this, this is the last time I'm ever going to go to Oracle. I mean, I mean, maybe I'll go there to see, uh, you know, ice capades or, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's great uh, what, what, kind I, of, what kind of concerts does oracle get now that chase exists um that's true but I mean, it's, gonna... the, it's the last time i'm gonna ever see the warriors play at oracle and um at, when they lost in game four and i didn't go to game four i was it was a pretty surreal feeling to think man i could never go to that building again that building i've gone to for 20 plus years um and i'm just glad i get to go one more time because there's a lot of history there Damn, lucky for you, you get to go one more time. I am, uh, I am driving my uh, my sister back from college on Thursday, so uh, I'm driving back up from San Diego. So I will be. Uh, oh, you know you're going to pit- the game. No, you're going to pit stop for the game. <laughs> you're going to be um, watching it like in um, Salinas or something. <laughs> no, I mean like I'll watch it on my phone. Like that's fine, but like. Um, I, I won't be able to go to the game, but although, like you know, I'm now two and a, oh and two covering the games, but I didn't go to game four. Yeah, they no lost. No anywhere. one's going to complain about you not going to the game. Yeah, people aren't happy about that. But um, uh, let's talk about memories. I've got, I've got two that I can think of off the top of my head. So I'll go, I'll go with the, uh, go with the first one. Um, I, I might have mentioned this on the pod before, but my my favorite memory at Oracle was, uh, I was in Vancouver, uh, kind of just vacationing. Uh, when the Warriors were down 3-1 uh, against the OKC Thunder. And uh, I pretty much blacked out when Clay hit 11 threes or whatever it was. Uh, spent about $500 to change my flight. Flew back to Oakland or flew back to San Francisco. Drove to Oakland to cover Game 7. Pretty sure I was still drunk. Uh, and saw one of the greatest games I've ever seen. And after the game, Steph Curry standing at the middle of the crowd just screaming. He wasn't screaming at the crowd. He wasn't screaming at anyone. He was just screaming. Kind of just, I think it was a, a culmination of, I'm injured. I played great. This was a game seven kind of thing over the Thunder, who was a better team than them. And we're going to the finals. And it, it was just, it was phenomenal. I don't think I've ever seen him tough it out more. Uh, maybe we'll see it in game six and game seven here. But uh, that was probably my favorite, uh, I think, game memory um, ever going. Um 
So, so I'll go with that. I don't even know where to go with my favorite Oracle memories. Like we can go back to We Believe. We can go back before that to like my favorite Vontigo Cummings game where beating like a Celtics team on a random Thursday night felt like a championship. Um, but I don't know, man. There's there's just so many memories there. The biggest thing for me with Oracle and like it's easy to point to kind of um you know how kind of lame it's got the last couple of years because the Warriors are such a big ticket item. But for me, it was always just kind of like the crowd had an energy there for majority of my life that it kind of drew me to it. Almost made me love hoops more than anything going to games there. Just like such a diverse crowd, such as kind of everyone into the game. Um, it's going to be hard to explain it to people in 20 years who never went to games there. But oh man, like, that's a great point. It's a lot of, I had a lot of experiences where I met a lot of different type of people who I wouldn't have met um, outside of going to games at Oracle. And that's something I'm going to miss more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you make a great point about when you talk about different types of people, we're not just talking about white people and black people like Oracle was Filipinos, right? Chinese people, Indians, right? Um, everything. Like anything that you wouldn't see in any other arena in in the states, I think that was like a big thing, and it's it gets wild. I remember one of my favorite memories was getting a ticket for about five dollars lower level, about twenty minutes before the game, and driving to Oakland. And this was like one of Steph's first games ever, and he like made a three at the end from like thirty feet away. Mind you, the Warriors lost by twenty, <laughs> um, and I was just standing there with a couple of my buddies and. We're just screaming with a couple other people. It, it was just great to see, like, hey, there's this little guy who, you know, could be great, who just chucked up a 30-footer and made it at the buzzer, even though the Warriors just got dominated. And people are still watching it. And uh, th- that's the energy that, that you're talking about. That uh, that was great. And then, you know, a couple of the memories just to go through them. Uh, I was there to cover Clay Thompson's 37 points in one quarter. Uh, I actually stood up in media section when he made that three in the corner. That last one, I didn't chair. You're not supposed to chair, but I stood up because I was so shook. And if you look at the media presser, there were people legit like screaming. Um, and you'll never see that. I mean, these were like accomplished, like real writers that were screaming. Um, and it was just one of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen. And this was on a Friday night against the Kings. Nobody <laughs> – like this is the probably the best like real fan, quote-unquote real fan crowd that you can get. Um, and it was fantastic. Uh and I can't think of uh, – I probably got more on the mind, but um, let me think. We can go Clay Thompson uh, – sorry, not Clay Thompson. Uh, the playoff series against Portland uh, when Steph Curry got injured. That was probably the best crowd that I've seen Man, that might have been the best crowd that I've seen. That might be the best, like the loudest, most engaged crowd from top to bottom. Because um, Steph was out. So the ticket prices were lowered, right? You know how this works. And uh, the crowd was engaged from the first quarter to the end. Um, and one of the best crowds that I've ever seen. Um, and it's true, man. Like since then, the crowds have been kind of like soft, regardless if it's the finals or not. So um, that was the most consistent ones where it doesn't get talked about. Um, was Steph out? <laughs> So yeah, so we'll leave it with this. Um, obviously, this is a this is more of an emotional podcast than anything. Um, 
I'm going to probably listen back to it and cringe because like, I feel like it just kind of didn't say a lot and you probably feel the same way too. (laughs) Um, We'll get into uh, kind of more of the analysis and kind of where the Warriors go from here next week. Um, But I just, we had to, we had to lead with emotion on this one because um, this is, this is a big night for the Warriors. This is going to change. I mean, this changed the franchise, this changing the kind of direction of the NBA for like years, you know, whether Katie's injury is as bad as we think or not, what, what's going to happen. I don't know, but I mean, we got to give this night what it truly deserves, which is kind of just an emotional reaction. Yeah. What can we say? I don't know, man. Between that <laughs> and between the last game at Oracle, it's uh, a lot of feelings. Let's throw another pot out there. So here's what we'll do. I mean, um let, let's throw well you're gonna be at the game on thursday um maybe i'll try to make it i don't know i the drive up from san diego is like 10 hours dude but uh or eight hours but um <laughs> yeah um it'll be we'll a, see it'll well, be a shit show. i mean we're obviously gonna do a radio show this weekend uh warriors will radio different feed um but then we'll have something out next week so let's uh yeah i mean uh, the, the most yeah fuck Let's just uh, let's just end this. The Warriors uh, they play they play uh, Thursday night um, game six and uh, fuck man, let's get out of here. The headlines remind us daily: the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com